Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Back here on the First Cut Podcast with Kyle Porter here on CBS Sports. That's Kyle Porter. I'm Chip Patterson. We've got Harbortown in the rear view. We're counting down the days until the PGA Championship at Beth Page. That's right. It's coming up in less than a month, y'all. Circle your calendars. Get it ready. It's on CBS. We got much more hard-hitting content uh, preview in the PGA, as we do for all of our majors, coming up in a little bit. But we've got some uh, some team action coming up this weekend in Louisiana. And when... When was I feel like as we've readjusted the schedule, um, have we normally had the TPC Louisiana or at least the Zurich Classic? Has this been at a steamier point in the uh, Louisiana climate calendar before, or has it always been right here uh, in this late April weekend? Ah, uh, it it feels like. Yeah, here or later. I don't think it's been earlier. No, for sure has not been earlier. Because I, I think that almost universally, my heart goes out to those. Uh, like, I mean, this is a, like, shout out to Tiger Woods. You might need to change your shirt in the mid-round kind of heat when you get down yeah. there. I envision TPC Louisiana being a place where it's steamy like 10 months out of the year. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like I just, and I know that's probably not true, but that's how I I envision it. So, uh, yeah, we might have some JB Holmes issues this weekend. The Wait, man who does not? Huh? Wait, what? What are the JB Holmes issues? Oh, he doesn't wear deodorant. <laughs> Hold on. All right. Well, JB Holmes for this, he's teamed up with Bubba Watson. Um, for the Zerk class. We will, by the way, we're going to get to some of our picks. Uh, we're going to get to uh, some of our dream scenarios at the Zerk Classic. You know, the maybe the pairings that we would like to see out there. But this is startling and stunning news that you brought to my attention. So JB Holmes does not wear deodorant. Uh, yeah, that's the that's the story. That's the that's the that's the big. Uh... The big narrative around JB, other than the slow, slow play, Man, no deodorant. Poor, poor guy can just bomb it off the tee, and that's number three on his uh, on his trading card behind slow play and no deodorant. Was this? Oh, a, I know. Is this a recent discovery, or is this uh, is this something that you've just always had in your back pocket, and we've just never come across it before? Yeah, we, for whatever. I mean, we don't do a ton of JB Holmes talk on here. And uh, sometimes I forget about it. Andy and Pora talk it about talk about it sometimes on the shotgun start, and it gets referenced and you know whatever. But yeah, I, I mean I've never like <clears throat> I haven't really been around him. Never played around a golf with him, uh, so I don't like I can't like confirm it a hundred percent. But apparently that's the that's the deal. <sighs> well, yeah, we could have real situations going on uh, in that case. Do you? As, as the schedule has been rearranged, I think that uh, I was planning out sort of my next month trying to figure out you know when we are going to obviously be delivering all of these uh, excellent podcasts 
to the earbuds, the AirPods, and the uh, the office speakers of so many of our loyal listeners and subscribers. And I, I really have found myself uh, enthused, excited, and energized by the fact that we do have the PGA Championship coming up. You know, some of that probably does have to do with what happened at the Masters. Like, if this was uh, a Masters year where we were coming off of, you know, Schwartzel, or if we were coming off of... You know, maybe uh, you know, even coming off of Patrick Reed, I guess. I guess with Ricky and Jordan Spieth, there were other non-Patrick Reed storylines to delve into. But certainly, when it's Tiger Woods winning his fifth green jacket, that is going to just boost up the hype for whatever the next major championship is. And so, it is the PGA. We don't have the long layoff, and so I, I would say that like. If you're looking for some instant grades or instant reactions to, you know, how the schedule change is going to be from the minds of those who are trying to keep keep the sports world's attention near to golf, it's never going to hover over golf, but this is probably about as good as you could have asked uh, in terms of the way that this has fallen uh, for the game. Well, yeah, and I mean, like this year, going Augusta, Bethpage, Pebble, all places where Tiger has won, and he just won the first one. I mean, it's it's kind of a like I, I, when the PGA of America decided to do this, like that was like literally the best case scenario yes. for them. <laughs> yes, like yes. I, I think I think we are. I think there's going to be more people at Bethpage from CBSSports.com than there's going to be in Fort Lauderdale at our headquarters. And I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make the cut again during that week. <laughs> yeah. You just feel live blogging your brains out. But, uh, yeah, I mean, here's my question to you though. Like I, I, I agree with you and I think that I think it's incredible. It's, it's sort of weird. Like it's sort of unnerving that there's another major so close, but do you think that there's going to be more, like, would there be more hype? Will there be more hype around, like going into this PGA a month after Tiger won the Masters at a place where he's won, or would there be more if the schedule was like it was last year and Tiger would be going from Augusta to Pebble, but you'd have you know two months in between instead? Which one do you think would create more hype? I think that this one creates more hype because it it doesn't leave um, it doesn't leave the long layoff and it doesn't leave kind of the the false start of trying to get you because Tiger, we assume would let's say if this was the old schedule, he probably plays Wells and that Wells would have been mid May, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. like a week or two later that that would have been a little bit of a false start because we would have gotten everybody fired up to come and uh, to come and see Tiger playing after he's won the green jacket and he would, he would go around quail and he might be competitive. He draw massive crowds, but ultimately that event's probably going to be won by what? Shea Reve? <laughs> well, Jason Day won it last year. And isn't Tiger playing Charlotte next week? He is. So, it, but but it, you're right. Like, it, instead of that being seen as like, um, you know, Tiger's like barnstorming the country or whatever after winning the Masters, it's more like a uh, between the Masters and PGA tune-up. Right. Right. And so, like, even the way that his his tournaments are viewed now, I think is is different. What if he wins the PGA? He what, might. What, what what would that be like going to Pebble? I mean, it would. 
uh, I think that we would crank up to five episodes a week. I, yeah, we would. <laughs> I, but I, I think like when we talk about Tiger, like it's such the perfect scenario, right? Like him, like he had to win Augusta. Like that was the the place he had to win, right? And then he had to do it in the year when the U.S. Open's going to Pebble. And you're like, oh my gosh, like how is this the scenario that we're getting? I I think that for the to keep to keep everybody around and to keep everybody nearby, the new time for the PGA Championship has it's allowed two things. Number one, we're not quite to finals and in the Stanley cup and in the NBA playoffs, we're still yeah. kind of hovering in like late conference semifinals, maybe conference finals. And, and if you've got any of the fatigue from those two sports and their respective, you know, 40 day, 40 night playoff routines, then, then you're going to be, you're going to be fired up and you're going to be dialed in. We've got it on, uh, we got it on the East coast. So we got, you know, maximum viewing windows and, uh, you know, everything working to uh, the East Coast bias. And this is a, another aspect that I hadn't really started to wrap my mind around, but when the PGA Championship has been in later in the summer, you know, there are the challenges in terms of course maintenance, course upkeep. You know, they, they basically have had to, in order to like keep the courses looking lush and green and spectacular, uh, it requires a lot more work than maybe whatever you're going to have to do in May, especially in New York in May. I think that where we have considered the PGA Championship to be, um, you know, the the kind of course, you know, stadiums like wide open, go and get it, low scores. I wonder if we see, especially here in this first one, that start to change just by the fact that you're playing it a few months up in the season. Yeah, I, I do think it creates a different set of challenging circumstances, though, because <clears throat> I haven't looked at the weather for Bethpage, but New York in the middle of May, kind of dicey, right? I mean, like not like not definitely in the 60s and 70s or 80s or or whatever. Like, it might be in the 50s. I don't know. So I. Like yes, you're right, but I, I it's gonna I think it's gonna create like potentially a different kind like last year at Bellarive it was it felt like forty under won the tournament. I know that's not actually true. That's what it felt like. It it almost seems like it's gonna feel that five under is gonna win the PGA. I don't know what the actual number is gonna be, but it feels like it's gonna play more difficult just because of you know the type of weather that you could get in in New York in May. What it does? Do you think that this is going to? Ch- How far have we built out the PGA Championship rotation? Doesn't the move what, also just open up a lot of different options of where they can take it? Uh, yeah, it does. You can kind of. I mean, you can go f- further south now. Like, you don't want to go play. It, it is kind of funny too because this dovetails with them going to. Uh, I read the. There's an article. I think it was on golf.com. I saw it on Jeff Shackelford's site about how the PGA of America is moving to Frisco. This is not new, this is not breaking news. They, this has been announced for a while, but they sort of announced, or there, some information came out this week about the courses and about how it's like they're going to have two PGAs there in the next 15 years. And you're like, you would never, ever, I live like 20 minutes from Frisco. You would not want to have a PGA in Frisco in August. People would be like wilting. Like there would, <laughs> people would be passing out. 
but here uh, and this is a tangent but like here's the interesting part about like i feel like everybody's just acting like these courses which are going to be built by uh, gil hans and somebody else who i don't remember uh like they're just presumed that they'll get the 2040 rider cup which is crazy right like the rider cup coming to frisco texas that's how do how do we feel about that? I, I cannot listen. You did you just say the twenty forty Ryder Cup? Yeah. Yeah. No. Sorry, can't get there. <laughs> we got, I know. No. I've we've I've but got the, but the rest of them are already planned. Like they're planned through thirty four. Yeah, I've got uh when when Oklahoma and LSU announced their future series for twenty thirty two and twenty thirty six. I think I roll my eyes. Not there yet. You're yeah, te- you're telling me that the, that everything is going to still like still be working just the way it is. You're going to make those kind of plans. Okay. All right. So so next year's PGA is at Harding Park, San Francisco. That could be cold. 2021 is at Kiowa, South Carolina. Should be good. Uh, 22 is uh, Trump in new jersey trump national in new jersey dicey uh 2023's oak hill and uh new york dicey and then you go valhalla aronamink in pennsylvania olympic in san francisco baltistral southern hills congressional and you work in some some friscos in there at some point we don't have a lot of heat with the rest of the major season we go PGA uh, at no. Bethpage, uh, U.S. Open at Pebble, and then Royal Portrush. Well, and, and that's funny because Augusta might have been the hottest. I mean, it was hot at Augusta this year. That might be the hottest one we get. Was I right that it was kind of stinky? Oh, yeah. 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 It just when it's, when it's that hot and humid and you've got a lot of people jammed together, whether it's in the media center or just out among the patrons, like it's just it smells. Mm-hmm. And they had to put down like gravel and stuff because of all the water. And it, it was, it was, uh, it smelled like JB Holmes. <laughs> we will get into uh, some of our expectations for the Zurich Classic, including uh, some pairings that we wish were there right after this. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets. All right. Uh, And now it's time for Stock Up, Stock Down, brought to you by TD Ameritrade. Uh, We're going to branch into some of the pairings here because I want to get from beginning to end. We saw a lot from Adam Scott at Augusta national and uh, the beginning sort of suggested that this could be, uh, you know, a year that he has followed up on some pretty solid play, 
but he has not always had the strongest finishes in golf tournaments, and some of his performance has been inconsistent. You know, you see uh, you know, a streak of holes where it looks like he is going to be able to contend to win. Looks like he's he's found something, particularly on the greens, and then he just looks totally lost, sometimes in the same round. And then at Augusta, it was really more near the end. So as we've st- looked back at Adam Scott's last couple weeks, you know, how— ha- is this a, is this a stock up or a stock down for you as we start to push ahead and look towards the next three majors of the season? That's a that's a good one. I I think that's um, I'm looking up his numbers so far because I you could tell me that his numbers are anything, and uh, I would believe it just because I feel like we've seen him kind of all over the map this year, right? Like he's leading the Masters and then he finishes outside the top. 10 I think he is uh I'm gonna go stock up his his numbers are solid so he's 15th in strokes gained um total he's 14 Adam Scott's 14th in putting I he I'm telling you he's found something they've talked about it on some of the uh broadcasts or at least the featured group broadcasts not for the masters but in one of the tournaments in the last couple weeks but like you know, as he's continuing, continually had to make the adjustments uh, post all the putter changes. I mean, he was he changed putters in the middle of tournaments. He's yeah, he, he's a little bit lost, but yet somehow you know continues to tinker with it. Just a mad scientist uh, putting right now. Well, remember when he played with? Didn't he play with two putters at Bell Reeve in the in the final round last year? It, two in the same bag. Yeah, it was yes. insane. So here, here's the interesting part about his putting. From four to eight feet, he's 200th on the PGA Tour. Not good. From inside 10 feet, he's 183rd. Not good. But, here, but here's where it gets interesting. From 10 to 15 feet, he's 12th. And from 15 to 20 feet, he's first. What in the world it, kind of stat profile is that? Yeah, it's it's bizarre. It's it's uh, and I think the thing that you keep hearing on the broadcast that's a little bit of fake news is that oh well, leaving the pin in has made him really good from shorter distances, and it's like well, the numbers tell me he's two hundredth from four to eight feet, so that seems like not the truth. <laughs> but in terms of like making putts from long distances, he's been really good. And if you look at his strokes gained overall in putting, he's like I said, fourteenth. Which, um, that's pretty solid. I mean, that's really good, especially for, for him. Uh, T to green, he's 37th, and then overall he's 15th. So I would have to say stock up. You know, the, the, the results haven't been there. He went uh, second at Farmers, T7 at uh, Riviera, and then his, his other top 10 was at the CJ Cup in the fall. Uh, so he didn't, you know... He, he it didn't kind of pan out at Augusta like you would have wanted, but uh, he's having a good year. You know, I, I think uh, Scott it, Scott's so interesting because I it seems like we we sort of he gets lost a little bit. You're like, oh yeah, Adam Scott's got 12 PGA Tour wins. That's a lot. Right. That's more than a lot of the guys that we talk about. Tommy Fleetwood has none. You know, Ricky Fowler's got five. Brooks Kepka's got four, or I guess five. It, it, it's it's a lot more than a lot of guys we talk about all the time, uh, but he gets a little bit lost because he's, you know, older, do, hasn't hasn't been that great at major championships in recent years. But I, I, 
for this season, I would say stock up. I would say stock up because if you are if you're competing as a what top like based on his stat profile, I would say that Adam Scott right now is a top thirty golfer. Uh, yeah, I'd say I'd say I would. I would go top 25. Top 25 golfer. And to be a top 25 golfer, a major champion at the age of 38, and to be able to have those kinds of results where, you know, his last, his last four, uh, his last four starts, like since mid-February, T7, you know, miscut at Honda, T12, T18. I mean, he's, he's in the mix. He's got a top 20, top 30 scoring average. And if you've got that at this point, then I, I think that is stock up from clearly what was a little bit of a lost period somewhere, what, maybe two, three years ago? Yeah, and I think you see it, and it, again, like lost is a relative term because it's not like he was, you know, missing cuts and like not relevant. Like if you look at his his major um, profile here, so I'm looking at from 2011 to 2015, he was he had eleven top tens at majors in those five years. That's okay. a lot. That's a lot. That's that's, that's that's a top ten almost every other major. That's two a year, and he won the Masters in thirteen. But then, which I think what you're referencing, and I, I think what is true from 2016, 17, 18, 19, So the last four years, which is thirteen majors, he's only had two top tens, mm. and he's been missing some cuts. He's got T sixty one, T forty two, not really in it. You know, the the lone exception was probably the PGA at Bell Reve last year. Uh, so I, I I think I think when you look at that, you're like, eh, he's, you know, I, he's not a disappointment, but I, it, it just it feels like and you're going to say I, I, this is my big thing with this generation. You're going to say the following sentence about a lot of guys 20 years from now. Man, it feels like that guy should have won more majors. And he's one of them. Yeah, I mean, it, and legitimately, like he should have won the the twelve open that Ernie Els ended up winning. Like, don't bogey the last four holes. Uh, but you know, Justin Rose feels like he should have won more majors. Dustin Johnson feels like he should have won more majors. Jason Day, they all have one major, which is crazy. And that is stock up, stock down. Brought to you by TD Ameritrade. Adam Scott from uh, starting to recapture some of that early aughts success here in the last year um and that's exciting for adam scott adam scott is paired up with fellow aussie jason day in the zurich classic he is one of you know we i would say that we've got more interesting pairings than necessarily headliners and i would say that the other uh we mentioned bub watson and jb holmes but in terms of our our showstoppers it's probably and headliners it's probably day and scott and certainly best looking. And then Sergio and Tommy Fleetwood's probably right there with them. Sergio Fleetwood is just a just a ball striking, just extravaganza. I mean, it's uh, it's just the the purest duo you can pretty much get in terms of of ball striking, in terms of iron play. I'm I'm fired I'm uh, fired up about. I'm that. very concerned that this is caused a rift in Fleetwood and Molinari's relationship and that Fleetwood might not be able to recover. <laughs> I love it. I think it's great. I love I love it when the Euros play together. I might love the European team more than I love the Ryder or the uh, American Ryder Cup team. You've long been on that. 
it, I know. Even even admitting it with your picks when you just come yeah. out and pick the European squad correctly, I will add. Um, here's a question. So the John Rom Ryan Palmer pairing seemed strange outside of TaylorMade. I know is one shared sponsor. Is, do they have a relationship, or is this um, you know teammates getting together so that they can play the same ball? Uh, is Ryan Palmer still TaylorMade? I, I googled him and I, I saw him in a TaylorMade hat. He might have moved. Okay. Uh, yeah, you're probably right about that. <laughs> I no, I don't, I don't know because Palmer's been playing with speed the last couple of years. The first year they played together, I think they finished top five or top ten, and then last year they missed the cut. Or I might have my years uh, mixed up there. Um, so I don't know. Apparently, Ryan Palmer only plays with. Like Spieth is struggling this year, so Palmer's like, ah, I think I'm gonna go with Rom. I think I'm gonna go with a different top ten guy in the world. Uh, so yeah, I, I I don't I don't know of any relationship outside of a potential, you know, just be, having the same sponsor. Wait, does so does one person get to choose the other? How how do these groups get paired together? Who has the invite? I don't who who commits? I don't. Well, Spieth isn't playing, so I, I don't. I don't know how it works. I do remember there was a story a couple years ago about how Spieth and Palmer came together. I think they were playing golf at Trinity Forest, which I'll be playing on Monday in Shout front out. of Byron Nelson. Yeah, fired up about that. But uh, I think they were playing together there, and like they it, they were just kind of it's kind of like dating, right? You're like, hey, you know, do, what are you doing last week in April? You know, take a trip, go hang out. Play some golf. I was wondering so if I, there was like a Tinder for the Zurich Classic. <laughs> you got to swipe and see if you're a match. And uh, and sure enough, Tony Finau and Kyle Stanley, they both liked each other. And now they're going to be meeting up at 7.52 a.m. to tee it off. Maybe that's how uh, the task force should start selecting the American Ryder Cup team. It might be a better... <laughs> might be uh, better <laughs> off. So are we going to get... So this foursome, it, for the first two days, I, I, do they mix up the, the pairs, like who's playing together, or do they keep the foursomes together for uh, Thursday and Friday? Yeah, they keep them together Thursday, Friday. So Thursday is best ball. So that's where you get your 60s, your 61s, your 62s. Friday's alternate shot, which is harder. And then Saturday's best ball and Sunday's alternate shot. So yeah, you'll see the you'll see the foursomes together for Thursday and Friday. Then it, just like a regular event, make the cut, and then repair for Saturday Sunday. So it looks like this foursome. If you're if you're there, you just want to be with Sergio, Tommy Fleetwood, Kyle F. Stanley, and Tony Finau. Holy crap! Like find find. Find the center of the club face more than that group. Right. I'm saying. That's a joke. That's uh, I would say that that's probably my, without a doubt, my favorite foursome. Some of my favorite pairings. What, uh, which ones either, you know, either for, uh, you know, their ability to maybe win this thing or just for entertainment purposes, who, uh, who are you going to have your eyes on when you're watching this thing? Uh, I love the, the Patrick group, Patrick Cantley, Patrick Reed. Just because their personalities are just, they're both very different than I think like normal PGA Tour players. Like, and, but they're not the same as each other. So 
That's interesting. They've played well there too. I think they had a top 10. I think they've had actually two top 10s or two top 15s, something like that. Uh, let's see here. The brothers Kepka are together. That's oh, interesting. that's right. So Chase is a PGA Tour player. No, he's not. He's not? This. I was doing research on this. He So he played the European Tour last year. Actually, I think he played the Challenge Tour last year, which is basically the European's uh, the yep. European tours web.com. Got it. Right. But then I was looking at 2019. He doesn't have a, a, an OWGR event played yet. Like he, it, everything for 2019 is blank. So I'm like, well, what is he, what is he doing? Is he, is he playing mini tour? Like what's the deal? And I can't find any information on it. I mean, I, w- I was like going, I was like deep in this and I, I couldn't figure it out. Like it's just retweets of like the master's Twitter account about what Brooks is doing at Augusta. It's, it sounds like the situation that happens a lot. I see it in college sports, but I'm sure it happens in, in all kinds of uh, media events, but like where someone gets credentialed for an event annually. And even if they don't uh, work for the outlet, they initially got credentialed for, they keep getting credentialed. And then like, before you know it, I'm showing up at ACC Media Day. Uh, hey, Coach Chip Patterson, chippatterson.com. I was wondering about the running backs. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like Chase Kepka just like just sort of had his uh, his subscription on auto renew. He put down his credit card to make sure for incidentals in the hotel and just made sure that he was going to keep getting invited with Brooks back every year, even if That's, even if he didn't have the credentials that he had the first time. That's what it feels like. It really does. <laughs> uh, uh, I think a, I think kind of a sneak, excuse me, a sneaky fun group is. Uh, oh, where was it? Uh, where am I? I'm lost. Uh, Kevin Kisner and Scott Brown. Mm. Kisner obviously coming off match play win. They finished second to Jonas Blixt and Cam Smith. Uh, two years ago and the first it was a monday finish you remember that and yes. kisner chipped in from like 60 yards not 60 yards it was probably like 30 yards on the final hole to get into a playoff and then they they put like one hole on monday morning and you're like oh well this is literally the most anticlimactic ending to a pga tour event of all time but it was jonas blixt's gushing of cameron smith and little Cameron Smith's sheepish face as it was happening yeah. that had me buy yeah. all of the Cameron Smith stock. Yeah, for sure. Um, last year was so Horschel yeah. and Piercy, right? Horschel and Piercy won it last year. That's yeah. right. Graham McDowell, Henrik Stinson was probably the funniest group. That would be the group that I would like want to hang with. Mm-mm. No, I want to hang with Duffner and Pat Perez. <laughs> no, that would get you. That would be trouble. That would be. It would be fun, and then it would be like, oh, this might not be fun anymore. <laughs> right? It's it's like Las Vegas. It's yeah, fun until yeah. it's not. Yeah. Exactly. Um. All right. So, who would you want to see? Like, who who are some of the pairings that you would want to see in this event? Well, probably Ricky Fowler and Matthew Wolf is number one. Go Pokes. Yeah, I don't know if you can get in as an amateur that's still playing in college. I don't think you can. Maybe, maybe, maybe the Zurich should have given uh, Victor Hovland, low am at the Masters, a special exemption. Get him and him and Fowler in there. Uh, isn't Fowler? Oh no, I guess Fowler is uh, Farmers. I'm getting my insurance companies mixed up. 
seriously though, I think like would you here's the question, and this is the one that everybody always throws out there. Would you want to see Tiger and Phil at this together? No, I want to see Tiger and Bryson. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I want to see Tiger and Bryson. I want to see them negotiate their way around the swamp, talking to each other about air density. I want to see Bryson and Brooks. No. <laughs> Since they they might they would become the first team to be disqualified for like getting in a fight. Have you ever seen oil and water mix? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think it'd be fun to see group. So, so like I wouldn't want a, a pairing that I could see at a Ryder Cup potentially. I would I would want like the crossover. I would want like the JT Rory. Yeah, okay. I was I was trying to figure out who Rory was going to be paired with. It's got to be Justin Thomas. Yeah, I th- I or or like Rory and Spieth, or Rory and Fowler. I think all of those would be would be super fun. Um I want to see let's like you make a good point about the like not wanting to see an obvious like Ryder Cup pairing, but mm-hmm. When it's no longer a Ryder Cup pairing, man, it would be cool if we could have seen Jordan Spieth and Patrick Reed at one of these kind of events. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Just just an undercard, just to see if they can get their swag back, see if they can get their mojo. Um, obviously, the the Bash brothers, you know, DJ and Brooks. Anytime they're not playing together, you kind of wish that you were getting it. Um, and then I would say. I don't want Jason Day with anybody but Adam Scott. I know. I know. I think I think Rom would. I think like Rom Ricky or Rom. Rom Brooks would be would be awesome. Oh my goodness! Yeah, it would just be a just a heavy just. I mean, just flexing on everybody. Just nothing who's but it, meat. Who's some? Yeah, seriously. Who's somebody else that gets? just really fired up like Rom that's American. Um, Oh, I, he's not American, but I was going to say Terrell Hatton. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I hope we, I hope we get that as a Ryder cup that they might like <laughs> the, the Ryder cup might have to be like restructured after those two get done with it. That's going to be when the, that's going to be, it's going to be on American soil and that's going to be when a club is going to get thrown at a patron. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Here's, here's my actual answer. This is who I want to see. This would be my, my choice for pairing Hideki and Sean Martin mm. bringing in a, bringing in a writer out of the media center. Just tee it up. Be awesome. I, and like, so I think that because Sean knows Hideki's game so well, he's going to know what holes Hideki is liable to get lost on. And he's going to be able to like the game planning that Sean's going to be able to have on the course to, to complement what Hideki's going to do might make them unstoppable. I know they might win. Sean might just grab, he would get his PGA tour card and be phenomenal. <laughs> That's the crooked way to a PGA Tour card. It starts with the like the the back door into the state college is to go to the community college for a couple years and then get get your way in. Back door to the PGA Tour. So work for PGAtour.com. Get pulled pulled out for uh, for a <laughs> team event. 
<laughs> shout out to uh, shout out to Sean Martin. Are you? Uh, what is the over under on? And so Thursday is our score. We see the super low scores. Friday yeah. balances out a little bit. Uh, over under David Duvall, Jim Furyk. Let's say one one forty over under. Their two day score. Yeah. Uh, I think they almost. Uh, what what is it? Is it seventy two? Is it par seventy two? Let's see. It is yes. So I'm gonna go. That's a good one. I'm gonna go over. Can't quite pull it Furyk, together. Well, Furyk's playing really well. Duval just doesn't play. Right. He instead, like, gets after me on Golf Channel, which is fine. From something you wrote? No. Did you not see this? No. So we did this, like, look back at the 18 Masters, and um, we looked at the four guys that were kind of in it. So I kind of looked back at Spieth. Porath had Reed, of course. Ryan Lavner had Ricky. Was this when you were in studio? We all filmed like at separate times. Got it. So Golf Channel, Golf Channel ran it on Golf Channel like the night before this year's Masters. Got it. And so it was like like a I don't know five seven minute deal whatever. And uh, Eamon Lynch had Rory. And so the the way they ended it was with me talking about how bizarre uh, the reaction was to uh, Reed winning, like if. I, I didn't say this, but it felt like Thorborn Olsen tapped in to finish like T24. Like that was the reaction that you got from people on 18. <laughs> right. And that's sort of how the piece ended. And, uh, and it was true. I was standing right there. Like I saw it, I heard it. Like, it, like I didn't say anything that I, that wasn't true. And, uh, I, I, I basically just said like, I've never seen patrons react like this to a winner and like usually even if they don't like the guy like they appreciate what he's done and i said in this case it didn't even feel like they appreciated it and and duval hops on after after the the little piece finishes up and he he said something like uh well that that's crap you know that's just that's bull crap and i was like well were you out there like and, and and i don't i don't know if you i don't know Maybe he wasn't getting after me. Maybe maybe he was like affirming it and saying that he that he wished it hadn't been like that. Right. But it felt like he he was like kind of going against what I said, and I was like, well, I, I was standing there, like I'm not making this up. So, uh, yeah, I think Duvall is great, but I I think he's wrong about that. Uh, he's it, I could see him having a soft spot in his heart for Patrick Reed. Yeah, it, that that was yeah, and that's sort of what it felt like, and yeah. which is fine. Yeah, but I, I'm just you know facts only. Like I don't, I don't know <laughs> what you want me to say here. So, and, and that's right, David Duvall, and he said y'all's two day team scores going over. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, look, Furyk's playing great this year. I I think, uh, yeah, I, I think. Like, I think they were pretty close to making the cut last year, so I hope they do. Good luck to David Duvall and Jim Furyk. Good luck to. Well, hey, they're one of the they're one of the five teams with the two major winners, uh, both on the team, which is kind of cool. 
Um, also, you've got the Els Immelman. Els Immelman, Schwartzel, S- and uh, Ustazen. Scott Day. Scott Day and... Uh, Who's the other one? Chase gets one of Brooks's wins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's uh, Stinson and uh, Graham. Oh, down. yeah. Nice. Graham's yeah. major wins at PGA? No, he won the U.S. Open at Pebble. Oh, my gosh. In, in, when DJ shot like 100 in the final round. <laughs> oh, one of DJ's uh, epic uh, yeah. final collapses. Yeah. Boy, hooray for narratives. I'm At this point... We've and we discussed this a lot in the last episode. If you want to go check it out, it was a very good episode. But at this point, I really am starting to hit the point with it's starting to get to the place with Dustin Johnson that I am with, uh, you know, several others where you're just rooting for the story to turn. In which direction? I am ready for Dustin Johnson to uh, hold. Uh, a lead at a major and be able to not collapse or to be in contention and be able to hit the gas and get it done. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for Dustin Johnson's second major win. And I'm ready for it to come in a way that is going to, you know, askew all of these trends that we've seen uh, since the 82 in 2010. Well, I, you know, what's interesting is that, I know we joke about like him not knowing to score at Oakmont, but wasn't that like also a weird Sunday start where he didn't have to really sleep on the overnight lead? Remember that because of weather? I think they finished round three like early on Sunday morning and then just kind of like rolled everybody back out there. Oh, you might be right. I I think that's right because I remember Thursday almost like getting completely washed out and I'm pretty sure it spilled into Sunday. So like... I think it's like we're sort of saying the didn't know his score thing in jest, but that part of it is kind of interesting. Like the only time he's won a major is when he didn't have to sleep on the 54-hole lead. Mm, Yeah, play was so he was tied for the lead at the end of the second round Saturday. The round second round was completed after 2 p.m. And then the third. The round third round began at three PM. Yeah. Play resumed at seven AM. Shane Lowry. Yeah. He was like seven under. Yeah. Shane Shane Lowry was three strokes clear three or four strokes clear of DJ. Yeah. And then DJ had to shoot a sixty nine to chase him down. Shane Lowry fired a seventy six and DJ'd it up. Yeah. <laughs> DJ'd it up. Can I read you the top seven at the twenty ten US Open at Pebble? Please. Graham McDowell wins it with a 74. Gregory Havre finishes one stroke back. The Frenchman. Ernie Els, third, two strokes back. Phil and Tiger tie for fourth. Tiger shot a 75 on Sunday. And then Matt Kuchar and Davis Love finish tied for sixth Woo! at four at four over. So Tiger, if Tiger shoots par at Pebble on Sunday, he's in a playoff with Graham McDowell. Mm. At Pebble. At Pebble. Yeah. Too much. It's wild looking back on... we. I'm, gl- I'm glad that we're about to expand the podcast because we, we're going to spend a lot of time playing this with Tiger. Oh, yeah. I could I could just <laughs> get down a, a Wikipedia rabbit hole. If, I mean, just... If, if Tiger hours. had just fired one stroke better on Friday, 
Totally different tournament. Literally, literally inches away from 24 major. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll we'll get there eventually. Uh, he is Kyle Porter. You can follow him on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS. Check out his expert picks. Who'd you pick to win? Who do you think? Sergio and Tommy. Yes, of course. Uh, I, just want, I just want to watch it. I don't even, I don't care to play it. I just want to see it. Yeah, you can see that on CBSSports.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Chip underscore Patterson. Kyle, thank you very much. Thanks, Chip. <laughs>